Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and I am very excited to share this episode with you. My guest today is a man who I've wanted to interview since the inception of the show. We're almost 100 episodes deep, a couple years in, and even before I started it and just thinking and imagining of the vibe, the stories I want to tell of people, my guest today was one of those people who popped in my head, and his name is Joel Grind. Joel, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated people in heavy metal, um, a true leader and somebody who continues to push the genre forward, not only with his own band, but behind the scenes as well in production, finding amazing unknown talents, producing them in the studio, giving the needed push here and there. And overall, it's people like Joel who actually keep the genre of heavy metal alive and moving forward for next generations to come. I was introduced to Joel 10 years ago through his band, who he's mostly known for, Toxic Holocaust. An album came out called An Overdose of Death that blew my fucking balls off. <laughs> um, I saw them when they came to town. And and yeah, beyond that, uh, 10 years later, I've been following his career. And he's been producing some of my favorite albums in the last few years. One included uh, from the band Power Trip. They're doing absolutely amazing, which is interesting for their sound. It's a, a raw metal sound, but they're kind of breaking into the mainstream. In the past year, they've had their track featured as the theme song of a WE pay-per-view. And like I said, it's it's not only cool to see Joel after all these years still kicking ass with Toxic Holocaust but also doing so much amazing stuff behind the scenes. In this quick interview, you're going to hear both sides of the fence. Also, a cool story of him working with an absolute surf rock legend, Davey Allen, how that all came to be in depth on Joel's story, how he got into metal, how he got into producing music, and even a behind-the-scenes look at the brand-new Toxic Holocaust album, it came out last week. It's called Primal Future 2019. And I want to let you know if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, and any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You'll see a picture of me interviewing Joel and also links to everything we've talked about from the new Toxic Holocaust to the bands he's producing like Plague Years, the Davy Allen Surf Album, music videos, tour dates, and much, much more. Also, this is a shorter interview than usual. Joel graciously took a little bit of his time before he went on stage to talk to me. We had this talk in an alley right across the street from the venue, the Opera House in Toronto, Ontario. He is currently on tour with the legendary Guar. feel like this episode has a lot of substance to it. And like I said, he's been on my bucket list of people to interview. And after this interview that I was very happy with, I went to see the show. Joel fucking ripped it like he always does. And then I got to see the legendary Guar got covered in fake blood. I have a white t-shirt that is now pink. And it's overall, which is just a good fucking day. Want to send two shout outs and thank yous. Uh, one to Ola Mazuka. 
she is the one who set up this interview for me and also a kick-ass publicist and journalist herself. You can hear her story actually on the Creative Imbalance uh, if you go back to episode 85. And she has a wicked show herself called Sonic Fold, which features interviews that are just full of heart and soul. So if you're into that, which I think you are if you're a regular listener to this, go check out Sonic Fold as well. Also, shout out slash dedication to longtime supporter and friend of this show, Cameron McGregor. He's been supporting this since I've had four listeners (laughs) since episode one. And beyond that, I just know he's a Toxic Holocaust fan. Has posted in the past on his social media him playing a vinyl of a split album which featured Toxic Holocaust and Municipal Waste called Toxic Waste which is sick. You should listen to that if you're into metal and you never heard of that. And I got a feeling he might be stoked about this interview. So thanks for all your support, man. This one is for you. And I think that's all I got to say for an intro. And here's Joel Grind coming at you right now. Thanks for taking the time uh, out of your busy day. I know you just got, you're about to go on stage in like an hour or so. So I really appreciate you taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Yeah. And yeah, I followed your career for a very long time and I've noticed like you've totally just engulfed yourself into metal and from your identity to the music you play. And I wonder if you have a memory of like the first time you have been exposed to that genre or like a show or a song or the time it really hit you where it's like, this is what I'm all about. Sure. Yeah, actually. Um, so I kind of was fortunate because my mom especially was really into more of the hard rock kind of stuff. So I grew up listening to like ACDC around the house and, you know, Thin Lizzy, stuff like that, Black Sabbath. And uh, because of that, you know, I kind of was like, I think, predisposed to kind of being into the heavier side of music. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I specifically remember, you know, <clears throat> when I, I was, I used to skateboard when I was a kid and I had a, a, fr- a friend, I don't have any brothers or sisters personally, but I had a friend that had an older brother that would, we'd go to like skateboard and stuff with the older kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically like him playing like this heavier music and I had never heard anything like it. Yeah. 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 And he was cool actually. Cause you know, it's, he wasn't like one of those, um, those kids that are like, you know, get a, get away little kid, you know, like, you know, he's like, I'm going to show, like, you. Gonna show yeah. you what this is. And then he made a mixtape for us. And, you know, I learned about like DRI and Megadeth and stuff like that from him. So, you know, it was really cool that that was, uh, my, you know, my, that was my gateway basically to that kind of stuff. And after that, it was all over. Yeah. Similar story with me too. Like I had a couple older cousins too, and I started going in the room, like checking out these scary looking CDs and then it bit me (laughs) and it kind of goes obviously out of control in a positive way for you too. And, um, how did that love for it segue into you like writing and producing? Like did one or the other come first or 
I think it's just kind of my personality. When I really like something, I kind of want to try to do something similar to it. You know, it's yeah, just like yeah. I want to like be involved with it that much that I want to be, you know, also doing it as well. And especially for that, that was something that, you know, growing up, I grew up in a more rural area. So uh, basically, like, I didn't have a lot of people into that kind of mm, yeah, music, yeah. you know, like, like I said, that kid that was older, you know, he wasn't going to be jamming with, like, a younger kid like in a band or something so like yeah. for me i was like i want to do something like this you know it was a journey though this is like fast forwarding a few years after that whole time period when he gave us the mixtape and all that stuff but um you know i was trying to find a band you know couldn't really find one you know couldn't find people to play with mm-hmm. um so it kind of segued into me basically wanting i basically became a solo project by default not by choice you know yeah yeah i was like if i want to do this i'm gonna have to figure out how to do this myself because you know, there were there weren't the people around to play with. You know, like I couldn't be like, I'm gonna find this drummer and then he doesn't work out, and then I have another person to pick from. It's like there was nobody like I to do that. So, yeah, but it's so cool that you you loved it so much and you kind of made do, and then you just played every instrument and like write the lyrics to the branding to everything. Yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Actually. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's it, it kind of especially now being the 20th anniversary of the band. It's like it's hard. It's really hard to believe that it's been this long and like. I've taken it this, you know, this far and like continue doing it, you know, when I was young and started the band, I started toxic specifically when I was 17 mm-hmm. and it was, you know, in my head, never thought I'd be, you know, 38, 30, you know, 30 years old playing this still, you know, like, <laughs> but here I am. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And you said like, uh, the area you grew up in, like they weren't really into that kind of music where what I've seen, like, from, like, your songs and everything, they're very extreme and yeah. just... Uh, and this is pre-internet, yeah. too. So, yeah, like, yeah. people a lot of, in that area weren't really exposed to a lot of stuff like that. It's not saying that they wouldn't have been into it if, like, you know, they had things like YouTube and things like that. It's just, yeah. at the time period, it's kind of like, you had to really seek out stuff like that to find it. Yeah, definitely. Did you did you find you were, like, shocking a lot of people, like, when you started throwing yeah. your music out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we would play places that you know never had bands like us play you know yeah that's kind of the fun part actually yeah like looking back on it that was kind of what made it so fun yeah yeah even like as a seller to like um actually i got exposed to you 10 years ago for from the overdose of death album yeah and uh you guys were coming to town uh i was going to college in hamilton ontario not far away and yep. you were playing at this tiny bar and i remember i was about to go alone i called up uh, my buddy who uh, hasn't heard of you, but I know he likes metal. I'm like, yo, this band, they got a song called <laughs> Nuke the Cross. He's like, whoa, I'm that's going. And like, that was like the seller. Yeah, that's yeah. The one that always gets people. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. they, it's either a love or hate with that one. You know? like, yeah. I think that's so cool. Or like, these guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, couldn't you push the cross over? No, we got to fucking yeah. drop a nuke on it. Yep. But um, even beyond co- Toxic, like what I love and respect about you two is I've noticed you bring a lot of like you shine a lot of light on up and coming bands. Sure. Produce them and like it's crazy. Like I, I kinda like look at your uh on your website all these uh different stuff you produced and uh even beyond it's like you're not selfish with your career, you know, you're trying to like keep the scene running and I mean, everything. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's a it's healthy to keep the scene alive, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I mean it, you know it helps toxic too to do that but i mean i'm just a music fan and i've i've been there and it's cool like if i can have a opportunity to help other bands you know yeah, get heard yeah. and things like that i mean it's it's all about spreading this kind of thing to everyone you know it's like 
that's what makes metal and punk too so cool it's like it's a community you know and that's i think it's important to spread it around everybody yeah that's a beautiful thing too because i i find like sometimes when bands get a certain amount of traction too like they might lose that feeling yeah. of like that grassroots or yeah, yeah. That, that's that's so interesting. So, are you like always like seeking out or going to like underground shows and just checking out bands? And- yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's funny. Um, I don't go to shows as much lately because I've been so busy with the studio stuff. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm always looking for new bands, and you know, people send me stuff too. And because my website, you know, I'm more known for recording things now than I was maybe a few years ago. That people hit me up on my website, and you know, even if I I'm too busy to work, you know, if I have a super full schedule, I still check out the bands and I find out about a lot of really cool bands that way. Yeah. Is it's, there, it's rad. It's like bands that are like in the demo stages, you know, like where it's like probably like maybe 20 people in their town know about them, you know, but they're sending me stuff to maybe work on their demo or record. And it's cool. Like yeah. A, like a ground floor kind of. A, yeah. And I'm sure like some once in a while you get one and you're just like, holy shit, this is good. And like, for example, uh, uh, power uh, trip power is, trip is definitely one. Yeah. But, um, that was, you know, for me, that was a band that I got lucky with to work with. You know, like I, I really didn't have any, I didn't have any involvement in getting them to where they are. You know, that was all them. You know, it's like I was fortunate enough to work with them. That actually helped me as well. You know, for the, you know, the studio stuff. But Plague Years is a band that um, they just signed to E1 actually. So oh, cool, cool. Um, that's a band that, you know, I found them on Instagram. <laughs> nice. And I was like, I told the, our manager, I was like, dude, check these guys out. We should get them like signed to you on. Oh, nice. They did. They signed them. So, <laughs> and they did one. I mean, it was an EP. Like they, you know, self-released.
it's, it's just amazing like how you're doing your own thing but you're also like keeping the ecosystem of the heavy metal genre going like yeah. you're you're pushing the future too and like i, I mean yeah. i try man it, it's something that you know i really am passionate still about you know like after all these years it's something i can say that i really still enjoy and you know i like being a part of it so yeah definitely is there any like really really hidden gem that we don't know about that uh You've I mean, maybe I, worked with was last probably year. the yeah. one that I was like, really like, this is, this could be something for sure. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, I got to send some people, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. people and stuff about this. But, um, off the top of my head, I'm always bad at these questions. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, and you'll I think of it later on. Yeah, You're just like, like, Oh, I, I should have dropped that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But right now I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. but there, there, I mean, I, I encourage everyone to keep looking. Cause I mean, even in your local scene and you know, area, I guarantee there's like bands that are killing it, you know, and maybe just don't, people don't know. And a lot of it, some bands just don't have the, the drive to make it. They, they're happy with just doing, you know, mm -hmm. jamming every weekend and, you know, maybe doing a record or something and, and not really pushing themselves, which is fine too. That's totally valid. You know, you don't have to want to do what we're doing, like touring all the time and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Music's, you know, just... Yeah it's an outlet for people you know and you can do you can treat it with whatever way you want yeah it's and it's really cool you can you have the ability to give people a push when you can too because i've seen like bands in this city too really really good bands but they just kind of get burnt out because they never had that opportunity and uh sure just life moves on you know and yeah. it's just uh that it's was hard one thing i think i feel fortunate about uh being like a solar project for such a long time was that really you don't really have to rely on other people to do things to for there's always those low periods of the band you know like in any band that's like multi-faceted band members and stuff life comes and goes you know and you know luckily like i could continue doing it when you know other things weren't working out for other people oh uh, yeah that's that's really awesome to think of too because i'm sure it takes like way faster to do or like make a decision instead if you're like in a band with like six or other people yeah. and it's you gotta like I mean, have a that, meeting and then somebody doesn't agree or that agree saying of like too many cooks in the kitchen yeah, is yeah. very true sometimes i mean it's also it's on the other inverse of that it's also nice having people to bounce ideas off of as well but um when you really have decisions to make, I mean, it's nice to not have to like take a vote on every single little thing. Like, do you want to do this t-shirt design? And then everybody's got to approve it. It's like, you can just make a shirt and then sell it and then, you know, go on tour and you know stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. And one thing, um, what I, what I love too is like you usually like release stuff on like vinyl too. You're oh, still yeah. like true that's to like the old school and like doing a lot of I like splits vinyl, as so well. So for me, that's, that's when I feel it's an actual release, you know, like I feel like I actually made a record when it, I'm holding the record. Yeah, like yeah. It's not just something ones and zeros on the internet somewhere. You know, it's like a physical thing. You know, it's it's nice to have the record. Me personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, one story I heard of yours. Uh, uh, actually, sometime after listening to that Surf album you put out too, yeah. that actually spawned from you buying a vinyl. Was it or like? Uh, I can't remember exactly how that kind of. So I'm, I've always been into that guy uh davy allen and yeah. um so i you know just a huge fan and you know i was like writing some of that kind of stuff anyway and uh yeah i bought a record from him mm -hmm. and you know he said he said it to me personally which i didn't think he would you know he's an older guy like didn't think he'd be operating his own web store you know what i mean like, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome <laughs> for a dude in the 70s we were operating a web store yeah it's but um yeah so he sent it to me personally and that got me in touch with him basically and i was like I'm doing this stuff. I would love to do 
a split record with you and I have a label that would do it if you're interested. And to my surprise, he said yes. And I was like, you know, instantly that was amazing for me. Yeah, so, that's got to be so exciting too. Yeah, and dude, like all those soundtracks he did in the 60s and stuff were so cool. Those biker soundtracks and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Even like um, listening to your track on that too, it's, it seems like it belongs in like a Tarantino movie sure, or something yeah, yeah. like that too. And it's, uh, it's great to, because I'm also like, my history with you is just uh, knowing the thrash stuff. And to hear that, it's... Uh, it's cool just to hear a different style, but it also has like a little bit of punch in it. Still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can headbang to it. And like. I wanted that like fuzzy guitar tone that they had, but like influence, like influence with a little bit of that metal stuff. So yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Too. Yeah. Cause it's really not that different. It's more about the guitar tones and stuff mm-hmm. than the riffs. I mean, a lot of that surf stuff could be like very metal if it like had a different guitar tone. Yeah. Which is funny to think about. <laughs> It's really cool like obviously you're professional like in the studio as well and everything and i i love how you produce your albums and stuff like that too because it feels like maybe something i'd pick up like in the 80s yeah. or whatever it just has like it almost uh gives that nostalgia feeling in my heart but i'm like oh this is brand new it's yeah. like your newest track it's like came out in 2019 but you can play it to somebody who's not familiar with toxic and they yeah. it's almost like so true to the yeah the, i mean i i definitely have that influence and it's just ingrained in me like you know so it's like it's not like a lot of it's not intentional to make it sound a certain way i think it's just there you know i just that's my influence you know so but um with this one in particular i was kind of going for that like really reverby like 80s production like more like less like the way power trip does it more like like the judas priest like defenders of the faith type Mm, yeah yeah era stuff where like it just sounds 
it's I mean it's kind of weird sounding but in a cool way you know like yeah it's just, yeah yeah it's so much different than what is coming out nowadays that I kind of wanted it to be you hear this one and you're like this doesn't sound like a current record yeah and I, and that I was love intentional I love yeah definitely I was just you took the words out of my mouth it's cool as you probably can make something sound all clean or whatnot but like yeah you're like no I this mean, is like mixed, artistic like to make it scratchy and I was like, telling yeah. the guys the other day I was like I with this new record I intentionally did stuff that bands that i mix won't let me do <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's too weird for <laughs> bands that i mix like they'd be like no you got to dial that back you know and i, I was like able to do it because it's like you know i was like it's my artistic uh expression you know i could just go w get weird with it you know and do some stuff that people wouldn't let me do yeah and that's that's dope it's going back to being the the one-man army you know yeah. it's like you can make this decision because i want to and yeah. like i don't know sometimes um you might see a vision that or even like bands like will have a, a vision that maybe a producer won't see and sure. like i've see, i've met some artists who said that it's like uh they have a song written a certain way and then it gets put in the mix and it's just like ah no that's not what we wanted to feel but it's that's you can I, take what's in your head and make it exactly like the tone like, and you know i'm really conscious of that when i work with bands because i understand what it was like the reason why i got into the more production side of it was yeah. because of the fact that i understand that you know bands have a certain way they want things to sound and producers can sometimes take over the reins because they're the ones that have the more technical aspect and they can tell you all the reasons why it's wrong mm -hmm. but if it's what a band wants if, it, if it's what a band wants to do you know it's like that's not wrong you know it's like i always wanted to be the person that you give me the ideas and i'll try to like convey what you want is true to your vision you know like instead of it being my record it's your record i'm just helping you get there you know yeah yeah and that's what that's a big reason why i got into production because i've always felt like the people that i was working with wouldn't let me do the weirder stuff you know yeah 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 but uh yeah it looks like we're out of time cool. joel but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me like i've always respected how much of like a leader you are to the next generation but you also kick ass by example and do your own thing with toxic well, i appreciate and, it yeah cheers man cheers thank you very much mm -hmm.